Welcome to Embrace the Unexpected with your host, Bernadette Butler. In this program, you'll learn how Bernadette and her guests were able to turn what seemed to be a negative into a positive lesson that they can teach others and give hope. Now, here is Bernadette Butler. Good evening. I'm Bernadette Butler, your host for Embrace the Unexpected. Sometimes in your life, you experience things that you didn't expect. So how do you embrace that? My, I had many unexpected, but one of them that was really a challenge was when my son was diagnosed with autism. So today, we're going to explore about expanding the uh, children that have autism into uh, their uh, socializing them into society. One of the things I did was uh, having Melvin go to different organizations, not just with children like him, but children uh, just being with regular kids, all kind of kids. Uh, We all have disabilities in one form or the other. And one of my experiences was when my best friend, I'll never forget her, Sherry, she worked on an Air Force base. And uh, she uh, wanted Melvin to uh, be with her son in karate lessons where Melvin was around nine. And I was a little bit afraid of that because I didn't know how he would react to being in something like that. But she pushed me and she said, let him try it. So uh, I took him to the Air Force Base, met the sergeant, and he told me, you're not to worry about your son. He will be taken care of, and no one is going to make fun of him. I want you to drop him off and then come back in an hour. Don't worry. And I did that for a while. Melvin ended up earning a yellow belt. And he also learned from the gentleman, the wonderful sergeant that he was, uh, discipline, uh, how to interact. He taught him how to interact and socialize with all the other kids. I was amazed at that. Uh, the only the reason why Melvin couldn't continue there, unfortunately, uh, that's when Desert Storm started. So uh, non-military families were not allowed on the base anymore. So today, my guest is uh, from Boys to Men, uh, Chris Scott and his lovely wife, Deborah Scott. Uh, hello, Chris and Deborah. How you doing, Bernadette? Hey, Bernadette. Hey, doing well. Uh, I, could you explain a little bit about your organization and what you do? Uh, the reason why I have you on the show, you're a part of expanding. I'm aware that uh, you you had and have experienced a few of your young men uh, that have come to you that is on the spectrum. And we're, and I want to talk to you about your experiences with that and how that was. So, uh, Chris, if you could kind of tell me uh, about your organization and the reason why you started it. Okay, Bernadette. Uh, we started our organization about, I say, 12 years ago. And what happened was, it was an unfortunate situation. Uh, a young man uh, stole our car out of our driveway during the winter months. And you know how it is in the winter months, how we keep our car uh, warm while we're inside. So, mm-hmm. so I, I seen this young man jump out 
jump into the car and we ran off into and tried to get it. And then we ran back in the house to call the police. And, um, but fortunately we got the car back. But, uh, what happened was they called us down to the, um, the police department to identify the guy in a lineup. So, you know, I was ready to sock it to him because I was mad because the guy <laughs> stole my car. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, so what I, when he came out, Bernadette, it was the saddest thing in my life. It was a young man, had to be like about 16, 17 years old with his head down. And when he turned around for me to identify him, all I looked at was hopelessness in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt so bad at that point. Because, you know, I raised um, four boys myself. Yes. So, so uh, after we got done, we got the, eventually we got the car back. And uh, I never knew what happened to the young man. But for like three years, I've been like soul searching. Like, what, what can I do? What can I do to help boys? Because I see, you know, a lot of boys just falling through the cracks. So I was just looking at like boys that didn't have father figures. And they seem like to get in uh, trouble a lot, you know. So mm-hmm. what I did was I started just going on the internet, googling what what's the statistics for boys from fatherless homes. So I just found out that like, and it's uh, it, it shocked me, burn it, it shocked me, burning that what I found uh, from fatherless homes. Ninety mm-hmm. percent boys is from fatherless homes. Wow. Um, are homeless, 90%. Mm. Uh, 85% of children with behavior disorder come from fatherless homes. And wow. 71% of high school dropouts is from fatherless homes. And uh, 70% of juveniles in the state-operated institution is in fatherless homes. Mm. So, so when, I, when I seen that, I, I wanted to do something. So... Um, Three years after that, I uh, I started Boys and Men. Oh, good. And uh, Deborah, how did you come to start uh, working with your husband, Chris, and that? Well, when we had decided to start uh, developing uh, the program, we had to. Um, he he. Is, I I assisted him with getting his five hundred C three, and just more of the administrative part. But as we got closer to the time that we were going to start the actual group. Um, I noticed that the boys were coming to the meetings uh, hungry and because the meetings were at six o'clock, uh, excuse me, six thirty to eight thirty, mm-hmm. and they would come, you know, right after, um, you know, right before dinner, the supper time. So I decided, Chris and I decided that we would make a meal. We would feed them before we started the, started the day, started the actual uh, program. So that's how I got involved. I was uh, helping Chris on the administrative part. But then I realized that I needed to go to the meetings and have the food prepared for the boys. Because that's, that's what draws the boys to the meetings. They love the meetings, but a lot of the boys are hungry. <laughs> yes. A lot of the boys are you know, coming from school, are coming from uh, basketball, football, or other activities. And we need to make sure that they will be uh, able to um, uh, you know, uh, not be worried about their stomach growling and be able to be part of the meeting. Because when you don't, don't feed the boys, <laughs> they uh, are, are very easily distracted. So after we, we learn that, if we feed them, they listen, and the particip- participation is better when they're yes. fed. 
Yes. Oh, well, tell me your experience. How how many uh, young men, because what is the ages? What what do the ages range that uh, the young men that come to you? Uh, Bernadette, they range from 12 to 18. That's when we start. Well, we have some a few alumni. They stay. We have the oldest alumni that we have. He's 26 years old. And what we do with the alumni, we make them leaders. So how many uh, young men have you experienced in your organization that's on the spectrum? Well, we've had, we, we have right now, we have 18 boys that come on the Monday night. Mm-hmm. But uh, through that, uh, that, uh, that group, we have seven that are in college. We have two that graduated from college, and we have two in the armed forces. But we, at this time, we have an 18 ratio on Monday nights. Uh, how many, uh, when I say, I should have said, that's on the autism spectrum, how many well, have? Well, we, we, um, we uh, have probably four mm-hmm. uh, that, we, um, that the parents have uh, let us know that there's, uh, there's some disabilities. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's at least four out of the group, and that come uh, to our program, and the parents have let us know that there's uh, there's some uh, things that we just look for look at, you know look be be careful with because um, you know we first started uh, we had not uh, dealt with uh, any special needs children before not that we excluded it it's just that. Uh, you know, parents weren't sure if they want if it was a good fit for their children, for their sons. Mm-hmm. And then as it as we got, uh, we're in our fifth year now, and people know that we're safe. It's a safe place, and parents uh, feel that we uh, we accommodate the children that may need extra help uh, or extra needs. But yes, we have at this time we have four uh, young men that are, have needs, have special needs in our program. And uh, that's why I shared at the beginning, because it's not uh, easy sometimes trying to find an uh, uh, organization. Uh, it gets it, it's gotten better over the years where they have embraced him, because at one time I had put Melvin in the uh, Boy Scouts. Uh, he only earned two patches, but what he liked was that he could put on the uniform. <laughs> so, but I did it so that Melvin can expand their uh, his socializing and communication. So how do you, uh, Chris, how do you work with the uh, young men to uh, keep them from uh, drawing off to themselves and, and uh, keep them involved with the other young men that are in the program? Okay, uh well, I, our, um, when our, our day starts with, we start with a meal first, and then after the meal, we go into a high-low, and that was Deborah's idea. We, and a uh, high-low give us uh, uh, how they've been doing throughout the week. You know, what is your high, what is your low, and, and they share, you know, what that is. And then we go into our lesson, and then after our lesson, we have games. But going into our high lows, I like it because I get a, I get a chance to feel how, how the boys are throughout the week. But our lessons, one thing I like about our le- lessons, and we do have some um, kids that that's, have some special needs, and um, and they kind of sometimes they can get kind of loud or disruptive. But I always tell them, okay, wait your turn, 
and we'll get to you. But I also always make sure that the other kids is not laughing at them. And so they know when I give them an eye, they better not be laughing. <laughs> 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 uh, because, you know, it, it's just not just the special needs. It's any of the kids that's in yes. here. I want to protect all of them. Yes. I treat all of them equal. You know, I'm not making special needs like, a, you know, I'm not like that's catering to them, you know, making them like an eyesore. But, you know, they blended in well with all the kids. That's good. Now, in your opinion, uh, Deborah, because as a mother, uh, what do you think uh, the benefits? I just want to hear from you. uh, The benefits of integrating uh, all the kids that, you know, some the young men that don't have a disability, do you think uh, they learn compassion, sensitivity? What do you see? You know, it, it, it really, it's funny that you mentioned that because it all came, it was a natural uh, fit. It, it seemed like it came natural to our boys in the program because there are some obvious um, special needs with some of our boys in the program. Some of the boys need to uh, stand. They can't sit for long periods of time, and we give them the opportunity to stand up or walk around if they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the boys need to uh, need to be have the instructions read to them, or need to um, hear the instructions more than once. But you know what? I, like I was, me and Chris were discussing it. We we don't we don't have any problems with any of the boys making fun of or uh, picking on. Uh, the boys really protect each other, and some don't even realize that the other boys have any special needs. They just blend really well together. And if we do have a problem, um, we address it uh, right there. There's no, um, there's no waiting uh, for, for the next meeting. Uh, if we feel that someone has been mistreated or been uh, picked on, we try to address mm-hmm. it right there with those mm-hmm. the boys that are involved. But we have been really blessed. We haven't had any um, problems uh, or any situations where we had to either bring a parent in or a reprimanded child. Uh, the parents feel very safe. Most of our mothers are single moms, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they feel very safe with the program. They like the way the program's ran. It's not a, um, you know, if you're not a really good reader, or if you're not um, a good speller, or if there's no reading, uh, the instructor reads the instructions, and we have an interactive. We have a, our lessons start out with uh questions and then we go to there's three teams we break them off in teams team Mm -hmm. one team two and team three and then we put the post-it notes on the chalkboard and the boys um uh try to work it work out situations together as a team it doesn't always work out the way it should but the boys are able to integrate each other we really have a great group of boys and yes i believe that some boys um have learned compassion and empathy and understand mm-hmm. that everyone's not the same. And when they go out into the real world, there's going to be people with differences, and they're going to have to adjust to that, even the boys do, with special needs. Do you uh, see, it, it, does it appear that what you're uh, teaching uh, and equipping them with has carried on onto the school site uh or other parts of, like, if they're not in school, maybe they got a little part-time job, maybe a job. And is uh, is it extended into the home? 
are these tools that you're teaching them, are they learning to also use it outside of the uh, bubble that, you know, the area that you have them? Are they using it in their life outside of the program? Either yeah. one of you can answer well, that. Well, yeah, Chris and I both can answer that. Cause Chris, but I, we have a lot of outreach uh, or community projects. We did a rake leafing project for the city that we live in. And uh, the boys were able to go out in the community, engage with other adults and people, and actually do volunteer work. No, they were not paid, but they understand that they had to do a task. They did it well. Some boys had never, ever raked, uh, never had a rake in their hand or ever raked leaves. So Mm -hmm. it it was a, uh, all the boys that day showed up for that project. So it was awesome. And yes, parents tell us that their children are doing better in school and they're more social and, and, um, and parents like that they have the boys come because it helps the boys, uh, you know, be more because uh, we do have we do have times where the boys have to get in front of the class and speak. So they're getting very uh, acclimated to going getting in front of a group of people. Uh, some of the boys don't have jobs. Some of the boys don't even drive. Uh, so they, they don't they're not there's no employment now. But um, we're hoping that next year the, the boys to men can have a um, lawn care uh, service. Uh, oh. In the summertime, we can employ the boys and, you know, actually pay the boys and do lawn and snow removal uh, in the in the city that we live in. And I'll let Chris answer the other half of that. Okay. Okay. And like another kid we have, Bernadette, that uh, he, what he does is, since we do a lot of community service projects, now he's a part of the key club at his school. So did, and he came back all proud and letting the teachers, uh, he, he shared it with the teachers what he did for us during the community service. Now, the, he's also excited doing uh, community service with Key Club. So you, you see that they're going out, he's out there engaging, mm-hmm. and it's, everything is kind of like overlapping. And uh, we have some kids that uh, that went off to college that's mm-hmm. doing really good, that have a high form of uh, autism. Yes. Asperger, I mean, I'm sorry, Asperger. Asperger. And um, he's um, a part of the uh, uh, student council on the college, uh, very intelligent, very bright, um, do a lot of volunteer work. And, and I, that's where I see it because one thing about our, pers- one thing about our uh, organization, we promote um, volunteer work. That's thing we mean working out in the community. That's good because uh, children, no matter if they have disabilities or not, uh, they they need that exposure, that experience. Uh, they have to learn how to um, communicate, work, deal with other people. And uh, too bad you wasn't around when uh, my son, but he he had a few, uh, you know, he had help and things, but this is a better, a little bit more better time uh, than it was back in the uh, 70s and uh, 1980s because uh, they kind of drew away from that. The only reason why Melvin was able to get into the Boy Scouts was because I knew both of the parents, you know. And so uh, they knew my situation, and so they said, hey, uh, bring them over here. So that uh, I'm always excited when, uh, and that's why I have you, you guys here. 
I'm always excited about when I hear these uh, new things and how uh, it's gotten better in opening up for uh, children that's on the spectrum uh, to expose them and give them um, more uh, opportunity. Uh, Melvin would like you to, Melvin like music, so I don't know, do you have any kind of music? Some of the kids like music. Do uh, do you get to talk about the different things that they like? We have... We have two minutes before a commercial, but kind of stay within that. But let me know. Uh, Go ahead, Deborah. Yes, we do. have. We have two boys that play instruments. We have one young man that plays a cello for the last uh, 11 years. He's played the cello. He plays it at his local, at his church here in the town we live in. Uh, We do do music. Uh, Usually music is done uh, during the during during the activity uh, like basketball or uh, or dodgeball. And Mm -hmm. you said, it's an urban type music, but <laughs> but we, but we really don't have any. Um, we really haven't uh, uh, reached out or even uh, um, tried uh, to do the different types of music, like you know classical or jazz. That's something that we'll probably look into next year. But we are, but we do have two boys that play. Uh, one plays the guitar and one plays the uh, cello, and we're hoping that one of the boys will bring his cello to the meeting and play it for us. But he hasn't decided yet. He's still thinking about that. So we'll see. Well, I'm sure that uh, between uh, you and Chris, you encourage him to do it. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think the cello. <laughs> yeah. He needs a little bit of encouragement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the yeah. audience don't know if you're listening. Uh, we all live in the same, we live in the same town. And uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, we attend church uh, together, Deborah and uh, and Chris. So uh, we're going to take a break, have a little commercial, and then we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If your organization is looking for a dynamic speaker who presents life issues in a down-to-earth fashion, contact Bernadette Butler, author of Living with Autism. At her website, bebutlertheauthor.com, Bernadette's life experiences and love of God will give a lift and hope to all who hear her. While on her site, you can find out about her books, videos, words of praise, joy and love, and many more resources. Visit Bernadette's site today at bebutlertheauthor.com. In her recent release, Living with Autism, God, Me, and Melvin, from Page Publishing, Author Bernadette Butler creates an autobiographical account of the joys and challenges of raising a child with a developmental disorder, autism, and the profound strength she derived from her faith throughout the journey, from the beginnings to changes in her son's behavior, silence, diagnosis, and the outcome overall. Get your copy of Bernadette's story at Amazon.com or directly from her website at bbutlertheauthor.com. Have you become a member yet? 
Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Embrace the Unexpected with Bernadette Butler. If you'd like to reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or to reach Bernadette Butler directly... Send her a message at her website, bbutlertheauthor.com. Now back to Embrace the Unexpected. And we're back. I want to thank Chris and Deborah again for uh, coming uh, and being a part of this today. I was thinking about how you said he uh, played the cello. Uh, Melvin wanted to play the horn at one time. And when he was a uh, sophomore in high school and he came home and he said, uh, Mama, I want to play the horn. So I was like, OK, now uh, he didn't know how to play any instrument. I want you guys. to know, But you know what? I didn't want to tell him no. So I rented the instrument and um, called the IEP meeting and and said, hey, he he wants to be in the uh, band. He wants to play an instrument. Uh, he had a, uh, They had a heart attack, Chris and Deborah. <laughs> they didn't want Melvin coming in there. <laughs> because first of all, they didn't want to deal with me. They said, oh, that's that woman that's pushy. Yeah. And, and so I said, well, I, he's going to try it. And one thing I had to learn was that you have to know your rights, your rules, uh, 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 what the law allowed. I had I learned the a um, what it was under the federal and state about children that have disabilities and attending school and so forth. So uh, they had to uh, let me let Melvin in, and, uh, and the teacher wasn't happy. And uh, no, Melvin didn't learn how to play, and I didn't care. 
is the fact of Melvin being exposed around the other kids and and learning how to live life. He he has to learn how to be around other people. So uh, one day, the uh, music teacher left out of the gym, and he had told the kids to warm up. So they were in there warming up, and and Melvin uh, turned around and said, hey, uh, your instrument is out of tune. And then they started fussing at Melvin. You don't know what you're talking about. Turn around. And, you know, kind of calling them names and so forth. And when uh, the teacher came back into the gym, he was like, what's going on? He he immediately focused in on my son. And uh, then uh, he said, I, 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 and I don't know if you noticed uh, when you have uh, children on the spectrum, when they get nervous, then they kind of stutter. So he was trying to explain to the teacher that their instruments were out of tune. So he finally uh, was able to say it. And they, they, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, guess what, you guys, as they start playing, guess what? It was out of tune, <laughs> and uh, and and then the teacher was like, "Oh my goodness!" So when I went to pick up Melvin after uh, practice, uh, the reason, only reason why I know this story is because the teacher told me the story, and he said, "You know, that's a gift. That's a gift. That's a gift. That's a gift." He has the ear. It took, a, it took the teacher a while to hear that the instrument was out of tune. So Melvin's uh, position in that classroom changed from being, uh, I don't want you here, to now every kid had to go to him to ma- and he made sure how, that their instruments were tuned. And uh, after that, the teacher told me, I will never... I will never reject or, uh, or be apprehensive about another child. He said, I am so excited about this, and Melvin is so gifted in that. So that's what you guys remind me of, boys to men. You didn't say, well, I don't know if we shouldn't um, take uh, in any of the kids that have a, a challenge like that. Because neither one of you were ever exposed to, I mean, constantly around uh, young people who have those kind of challenges. But uh, in having my son, I learned that we all have some form of disability or other. Oh, yeah. If you, I agree. If, you if you're <laughs> unkind, you got a disability to me. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Behavior. If you, if you don't have compassion then there's something wrong with you because we're supposed to be loving and compassionate towards each other. And uh, I think that we do too much of going around trying to uh, act like we're perfect in in any kind of way. We're we're not perfect people. Uh, We all make mistakes. We all, uh, uh, Chris, you used to be an NFL player. You think I can go out there and play basketball? I mean, uh, football? No. No, we all can't do what each other uh, do. And uh, when you talked about that young man with the cello, I bet you nobody else in that uh, group can play a cello. <laughs> nope. No, you're right. You're right. And the same, the same young man uh, produces music on, uh, on, social, iTunes. on iTunes. The same young man 
uh, writes out songs. Uh, and he's just amazing uh, what he can do uh, with uh, the music. He even had a Christmas album that uh, a Christmas album that no songs, excuse me, a few Christmas songs on iTunes that he had us listen to. Um, what we do, what we find that we do that works well in our meetings is that the boys, we find what they like and we try to uh, uh, bring that into the meetings. Uh, some of the boys are really involved with the Marvel characters, you know, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Spider Man, um, uh, the Black Panther. And what we do is we talk about those things. You know, we're there to help them be able to navigate. Uh, with other people to, to be able to not be afraid to talk and may maybe uh, not uh, enunciate your words right or maybe even stutter. Uh, you know, we, we have a safe environment where the boys that may have a speech uh, impediment or maybe even shy are able to speak in this group. We've been very blessed uh, with the boys that we have that they don't make fun. They're silly and they're boys, but there's no... Right. There's no um, mean uh, meanness or bullying going on. That's not, we don't tolerate any of that. And we find that when we have those standards, they, they respect each other. Uh, we have four rules uh, on the wall when they come in. Uh, mm-hmm. Be respectable of everybody. When someone's speaking, let them speak. Uh, if you need to uh, say something, say something nice instead of saying something mean. Uh, always uh, be polite. Those are the things that we want to teach these young men. Yes. Ones with disabilities or not disabilities. Because like you said, we all have a disability that when they go into the uh, world, graduate from high school, go off to college or whatever they decide to do, they have to use, they have to have the tools to be able to be kind to people, to be uh, em- have empathy, to be able to be friendly, to get along with people. And we're hoping through the boys and men experience that we can give that we can give them that through modeling uh, the, our mentors model those behaviors. Yes, and for parents that have children that's on the autism uh, spectrum, not to be afraid to expand their uh, horizon and. Uh, trying to test uh, other areas for them to uh, experience, you know, not to hold them back and and be, to, you know, you, they got to try just like they're just like any other kid. That's what I learned about, you know, yeah. with my son. He he may not communicate at that time as well, but uh he knows his likes. He knows his dislikes. He, uh, I, uh, I, and I think you guys do that. You take uh, them out and expose them. You, uh, you took them to uh, Six Flags, uh, uh, one of the amusement parks, and oh, I, that and that's, and that's what I would do with, uh, uh, with my son. I, I purposely made sure I took him to a fine dining. So yep. he learned how to fine dine, uh, how to use the fork, how to behave in, in public, uh, and and uh, tried to shy him away from the meltdowns and tried to explain what is frustrating. Because sometimes, you know, uh, for him, uh, he would get frustrated uh, because maybe it get all jumbled up in his head and he couldn't exactly... Tell, tell what he wanted to uh, explain and and then he you know teaching him to slow down take a deep breath 
and all the you have to expose them so they don't because one of the things and uh i didn't want melvin i was concerned because he's over six foot tall he's the tallest of all my children and uh one uh african-american and i was like wow uh, he has autism. What would happen if the police stopped him? And uh, his dad was in law enforcement, but his dad can't save him. If You know what I mean if you go out there. So programs like what you're doing is teaching them how to, uh, uh, what uh, what is the word, like maneuver, uh, move around in the world, yeah. with, you know, and how to handle themselves if, uh, uh, a situation uh, occur because I, I know when my son as soon as he get nervous as, about somebody that was my uh, worry that was my fear I was saying oh lord if if the police was to stop my son and he couldn't uh, explain uh, what was going on what would happen to him he has autism but you know I couldn't live in that fear and I had I had to trust, you know, trust God and um, and and keep moving through this, because uh, when you have children with autism, uh, this is forever until they leave this earth. Amen. Yeah. And so um, tell me about the, your experience with the parents. You see, because I could see the parents and being another component and you're teaching these kids. So how are the parents uh, supportive of the program? And are they uh, helping uh, their kids use the tools that, uh, that you are uh, giving them? Because I know it's uh, especially when you have a child with a disability and you're a single parent, uh, all your emotions, that's overwhelming. Plus you got to work and uh, it, it, it I'm, I'm telling you, that's uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But let me tell tell me about the parents that's involved involved in your program. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. The parents are amazing. And I wish a lot of uh, parents can uh, model the ones the model the children of uh, with uh, special needs. They are advocates for their children, like yourself. Um, before they even come in the group, they interview me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, they want to make sure it's a safe environment for their kid, you know? That's right. And That's right. Um, they going to come in. They look around. They go. They going to stay. They're going to be there. They're going to drop in at different times of our meetings. And I, I love it. I, I really mm-hmm. love it. Uh, every time we have a volunteer uh, outreach, they there. The parents mm-hmm. are there and the kids too, you know. And because the parents believe in the program, uh, the parents see a difference in their kids. Because I don't discriminate against anyone. I treat them all the same, you know. So I'm going to challenge them all, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, what what I see is they if they stutter, I'm gonna challenge them to talk more. You know, if they're uh, like they disengage themselves out of the group, I'm gonna bring them back into the group. If they like to talk, I'm gonna find a platform where they can talk. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> but, good. You, know, you have to 
But other than that, the the parents are amazing, uh, Bernadette. Yes, we we have we have been blessed with uh, our parents are very involved. Like Chris says, uh, said that our parents uh, come to the meetings, new mm-hmm. new clients, new students or or boys when they come in. Their parents come and they want to see what we do. The boy, they don't leave their children with us until they make sure that it's a safe place. Um, the one thing I can say that Chris and I are learning now that he mm-hmm. and I, he and I are uh, uh, studying more about uh, uh, autism or or just it, any special needs. You know, we it has thrust us into uh, getting more information for ourselves, so we are equipped to handle uh, situations that last year or two years ago, we wouldn't have been able to be uh, equipped to do it. But we mm-hmm. now uh, we now seek out information. We seek mm-hmm. out uh, things that we can do to even be more sensitive to the children with special needs and not excluding them or making them feel different, but m- making the situation better for them, making the uh, experience uh, a nicer or, or more at ease situation. So we're Chris and I are um, now looking at taking classes. He and I about the, about what what can we do? What can we learn more uh, about uh, the the group that we serve? So it's it's given us a different platform. We this came by accident. We did oh. not. This was not something that we had thought about at all. We, our program was open to all boys, and it just it just, it seems like we uh, have. Uh, a large portion of our group with special needs uh, children, and we are happy. We we welcome anyone that wants to come. We have so uh, so Deborah, uh, you had you embraced your unexpected. Yes, yes we, we did. did. <laughs> yes, we yes, did. We did. Yeah, and, uh, and you were a big part of that as well. You were a big part of that. You uh, just the way the way you talk about Melvin uh, outside of the radio radio show, uh, how you ta- how you were the advocate for him. And we want to be prepared. You know, you you don't know what we could uh, do. We don't want to stifle any of our boys. We want to make sure they're getting the best uh, experience in our our, uh, our on their Monday night classes and whatever uh, special needs, uh, whatever need we can meet. We want to meet that need in our program, and we want, and we want to be known in our area that we uh, service all children. All, all, as, children are, all children are welcome. As uh, a former uh, NFL uh, player, uh, did, did you use, uh, Chris, any of the disciplines that you learned in when you were playing football to the, to the boys? Uh, you know, I, I always have a team mentality, um, Bernadette. Uh, even with I'm raising my own sons. You know, I'm I'm always a coach. I always got a. Co- I'm always coaching somebody, Bernadette. Mm-hmm. And I always have them. They have to have. To, they always have to have a plan. And uh, so it, it came kind of naturally to me. And but what happened was, you know, I tried to coach after I got done playing in the NFL to be a football coach and like a high school, but it never worked out for me. And then, but God said, I, I believe God wanted me to be a coach to all boys because because yes. instead of just a, a small segment of boys he mm-hmm. wanted me to be a coach to all boys and and I believe that what football helped me to do was to embrace different 
and you know, adversity meaning like with different children, with different kids. I got I got kids in the program with different behavior issues uh, and everything, but it learned it teaches me how to uh, manage them. You know, from yes. football, what I learned is I, from football, you learn how to you got to learn how to get along, even though even though you might not be your best friend, but you got to learn how to get along with each other. <laughs> yeah, you 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 really do. And that uh, those are some of the things uh, are uh, like I wanted for um, my son and uh, I didn't want to. um smother him and uh, Lord knows I would have smothered him uh, especially as he got older because that fear of oh what happened to him when he go out there uh, I had to let him go and uh, I always tell that story about uh, the year after he graduated from high school and and he you know he graduated with a diploma at the time of children with autism that was unheard of yeah. I, I I pushed for him to um, take the state test. Oh, they, they fought me, the school district, I mean, they fought me and they fought me hard. But uh, uh, but my uh, the Lord's will prevail. And uh, Melvin, uh, he took the test, he passed it, and then uh, he, the center that he uh, is, and he's still with, it's been over 20 years, they found him a little, uh, they had him a little job. And and then one day we were in the kitchen <laughs> and uh, he looked at me and he said, uh, Mama, I know something is wrong with me. All my friends have gone off to college. And I kind of, I kind of felt sad. And I said, yeah, I know, Melvin. He said he wanted to be a uh, disc jockey, but because he knew music. And at that time, uh, there wasn't anything embracing, you know, open, giving them a chance for that. So anyway, he said, I know something is wrong with me. He told me, but I'm a man and I got to have my own space. I almost fell out of the chair. I said, oh, Lord, I got to let my baby go. That was the hardest thing. But, you know, I had to let him go. And he's been uh uh, in semi-independent living, it's been over twenty-something years now, because he's forty-three years old now, and uh, he learned things that I could not have taught him. I don't know how to ski, but he learned how to ski. He bowls. He he have his other activities. The church that he's with, they go to uh, camping and uh, twice out the year. He looks forward to doing all of that. He is content. He's happy. He has a life. And uh, this is why I was uh, so glad when this opportunity to have this show open up to uh, to give hope and inspire other uh, parents, uh, whether they are single or parents together that, you know, some parents worry about what's going to happen to my child when I'm if something happened to me. I still kind of worry about that every now and then. But when I see hope like Boys to Men and all these other organizations that are starting to reach out and help children, uh, uh, such as my child and other children, uh, even in that, that gives me hope. So um, 
Is there uh, anything else you two would like to share uh, uh, before our time is up? Yes, I'd like to just say one thing, uh, Bernadette. Our uh, mission is equipping boys to become better men. And, um, and the way we do this is we teach life skills and social skills. And my goal is to introduce them to different uh, career paths, like uh, education, skilled trades, uh, entrepreneur, or even the military. So I want the boys to be exposed to different careers before they leave boys and men. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our goal is to, is for me and our staff, is to get, uh, introduce them to different uh, careers. And then also I want to thank um, the city of Berea um, for helping us. They let us use the building for free, um, Mary Clean. Mm-hmm. And, um, Barb Jones uh, from the city, and then we also have the support of the Berea Police Department. Uh, we have an officer Dan that comes to all of our meetings, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's been a blessing to the meeting because, uh, you know, just to have an officer present and and any type of issues that come up with uh, issues with uh, racism or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he know how to do, you know, we talk about it, Nate, and he can be honest, he, and he tell them how to diffuse situations, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times kids got to learn how to just keep their mouth shut when they, when an officer is present. That's mostly the time they get in trouble. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. Yes, <laughs> but, you know, but you know what, though, is. They love Officer Dan. When he's not there, they, they always ask for him. Where's he at? You know, because he's they don't see him as an officer. You know, they look at him as a human being. Yeah. And as a friend. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a blessing for us. Uh, we get excited about it every week. We have um, we have great uh, staff. You know, we have a Larry as part of our staff. His name Larry Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son Christopher. He's part of our staff, and uh, Demetrius. Okay, uh, well, uh, we gotta we gotta wrap up, <laughs> and I want to thank you so much, uh, Deborah and Chris, uh, the founder of Boys to Men here in our uh, town. Thank you so much for being a part of uh, Embrace the Unexpected tonight. Uh, I like. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now to my listeners, thank you for your time. And uh, remember, everything that is negative, if we see it as negative, that's something very positive in front of it. So um, learn to embrace the unexpected. Our next guest next week will be Maddie McNeil. She's a nurse, and she has a son with autism. So we'll have a woman-to-woman, female discussion about a whole lot of stuff. Hope you come and join us next Friday on Embrace the Unexpected. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace the Unexpected. Be sure to join your host, Bernadette Butler, for another episode next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great weekend.